page fright is recorded in Vancouver on the traditional territories of the Musqueam, Squamish, and Tsleil-Waututh First Nations. Hello again, and welcome back to Page Fright. My name is Andrew French. I write under the name A.W. French, and I am on Twitter at the Andrew French. And this, this right here, if you don't know yet, is actually the only literary podcast on the entire internet that I host. And I'm very excited about this one. I had the chance to speak with David Lee, who is an incredible writer and just an incredibly energetic person. Uh, I met with David for the first time to record this podcast after reading his chapbook, Stubbleburn, which is out with Anstruther. And of course, if you are interested in David's writing after this, I urge you to look at his full-length collection, which is going to be coming out not actually until April of next year. So we got a little bit of waiting to do, which gives you a ton of time to catch up on reading other authors from the show and also to read David's chat book. Uh, But that is going to be titled Mythical Man and it's coming out with Palimpsest, I believe. Um, So very exciting stuff. I'm looking forward to it and you'll see why once you hear David read from his work here. It's fun, it's interesting, it's weird, and it's so cool. And I am excited about everything David's doing. David, if you're listening, thank you so much for coming in to chat. I really appreciate it. And without further ado, let's jump right in to this week's episode. I am here in our largest studio yet. Very spacious, lots of room for activities, uh, with David <laughs> Lee. David, how's it going? Hi, good. Thanks for having me. Thanks so much for coming in. Mm-hmm. Um, David's got a chat book out with Anstruther. It's called Stubbleburn, mm-hmm. and it's worth a read. He's got some more stuff coming out that we're going to talk about that is super exciting, um, but this is really great writing that you need to know about. David, how would you describe uh-huh. your writing for people who don't know about it yet? Um... I'm going to tell you what other people describe my writing as because I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> people say it's sexy. Totally. It's a bit raw. For sure. Um, I don't shy away from like, yeah, I don't really shy away from topics or like words and stuff like that. I it's, just write what I want. <laughs> it's out there where some people might censor. David says, fuck that. What? Who's censoring me? <laughs> Nobody's censoring <laughs> you at all. But I think there's uh, writers who wouldn't go where you go. And it's something that I appreciate really? as a reader. I feel like, I guess, I don't know. I don't, I guess maybe I'm not reading enough to, <laughs> to, to know if any writers go as far <laughs> or where I go. But That's fair enough. Um, so There are writers out there who I think write pretty raw and like unabashed. So. 100%. Unabashedly, I don't know how to use that word. But one of my favorite things about the podcast is seeing uh, writers who are supposed to be really well spoken and and being one myself to just stumble over words. It's like my it's my (laughs) (laughs) it's my it's my favorite thing because uh, it it lets me know that these people are human and it like I'm so glad that 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 unabashed unabashed. I don't know how to take that. No, it was beautiful. unabashedly right unabashedly that's right yeah um so we're here today to hear you read some of your poetry talk about some of your poetry would you mind beginning with a reading right off okay. the top for those who uh might okay. not have Andrew, what do you want with? me to read you pick Ooh, can we do my favorite one from from the book is the one right there that you got oh this one oh yeah. okay it's very short and sweet it's super short okay um the poetry of his jawline falls apart when he opens his mouth. 
that one's called For the No Rice, No Spice kind of guy. <laughs> it's such a great title and such a great short film. Thank you. Uh, where did this one come from for you? Um, I'm gonna, straight up grinder. <laughs> this is one of my favorite things. Um, the grinder is one of your favorite things. Not well, okay, not grinder. Uh, my girlfriend would uh, would like she's she's oh, like I mean, pausing the episode right now and, and like Googling texting book. me. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, um, but yeah, one of my favorite things was when I was uh, reading through your book again yesterday. The chaff, um, you have epigraphs from grinder messages. Yeah, that's amazing. Well, they sent it to me, so it's like. Yeah, it's mine now. So. <laughs> it's mine now. <laughs> it's so true. No, it's, it's so great. Now. Like I always think of epigraphs uh, in a traditional sense of like, ah, oh, yes, we need to quote like a like a Milton or like a Virgil or something. And oh, then you're, really you're out that. here, you're out here popping grinder messages into the epigraph, <laughs> and I respect that so much. Thank you. Uh, yeah, that really made me rethink yeah. epigraphs when I was looking over that again yeah. yesterday. Epigraphs from grinder messages. Yeah. For those of you who don't know, um, the epigraphs I took from grinder are basically messages that guys have sent me on that dating app or that app um they're, and they're lovely messages they really are so respectful <laughs> so romantic no sarcasm <laughs> at all there um yeah no this is this is a really fun book i think in, in a lot of senses like you're okay so you're dealing with some some themes that are not traditionally uh, comical or, or funny in terms of like masculinity is a big thing. I mean, uh-huh. the title of the book is Double Burn, mm-hmm. um, which is implying a lot of that. Um, and then all of the sexuality and everything is fun, I think, in the well, book. Well, thanks for saying that. Yeah. I don't think anybody's described the book like that before. I had a blast reading it. Thanks. Yeah, like it was just an, it, it's a nice light read for me. And like, but, a light read. <laughs> but, but that's what it appears as on the surface but then when I found myself rereading yesterday in preparation for this um, I found new layers and things to everything that like even just that first poem that I was like Mm -hmm. what a great and I'm glad that you uh, went with my request to read that first because I think it's a great encapsulation of your style from what I can tell in terms of having sort of like the comical title the no rice no spice kind of guy and then the the heavier, maybe not heavier, but but deeper meaning to the actual poem right. itself. Yeah, um, I think that contrast is is really consistent throughout your work. Oh, thanks. And it's so cool. Thanks. I think that just kind of stems from like like there are really heavy topics in Stubbleburn and the new the stuff that I've written for the new book. But I think and like it's all come from experience, obviously. Um, and I think like the main thing that kind of like that held me together with those experiences, like kind of humor. And laughing yeah. things off, like yeah, it's like crappy and shitty that I was told those things and have been, you know, the victim of those kind of insults. But like at the end of the day, it's I, just, I try to just make it light and like shed light on how ridiculous some people can be in the things they'll say to like try to like I don't know, I guess yeah, the the ridiculous racist things that people can say and it's yeah, just, it, it's not something to laugh at, but that's just how kind of I've dealt with it. Yeah, to make kind of light of it. This is what I mean by like, like they're in some cases heavier topics, but it's fun to read. Like, mm. this is somebody who uh, I think if you get a chance to read the book, which you need to, Stubbleburn and the one that's forthcoming in April next year. So if you're catching up in April 2020, hi from yeah. the past, and also go get David's book. It's a blast from the past. Yeah, um, because I, man. <laughs> <laughs> I think like it's such a cool juxtaposition of coming at these. Uh, heavier themes in such a fun way and you can just tell this is somebody who's having fun writing I am having fun writing yeah yeah and like they are like, some of them aren't so fun to write because they're kind of heavy and thicker but like at the end of the day it's like I really like writing because I really get to indulge my imagination and build um, 
build characters and 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 scenes in my poetry Mm -hmm. and that's really fun for me to do so i want it to come across that i'm having fun writing my poems and the expanse of like the things i can create in poetry it's it's really indicative of like indicative of the fun that i have yeah from like really not fun experiences (laughs) totally yeah making the best of those situations Mm -hmm. and i think that's something that comes across in the work too um, and you, you are obviously now. It sounds like at the end of the editing process. Oh, I finished. We finished editing like it's August right now. We're recording. I finished in uh, January, March, April, or May. Wow. So we were yeah. I hit the ground running. Speedy, <laughs> very speedy. Yeah, I don't like sitting on things and getting. I get shit done. Yeah, yo, I don't blame <laughs> you. That's awesome. Um, so what was the process like for you? Uh, obviously, your next piece coming out is this this full-length book. It's a full, yeah. And how was that different from doing the chapbook? Um, it was kind of the same amount of, like, fun editing and just on a bigger scale, I find. Like, I, I'm working with the same editor slash publisher, so... My editor, my, the publisher for the chapbook was Anne Struther, and the publisher of that uh, chapbook press is Jim John Stone, and he's the editor, poetry editor for Palimpsest Press. So I'm basically kind of working with the same person. Um, yeah, so like who was he was my publisher before? Now he's my editor. Yeah, and so we, he he knows how I think. Um, he knows where I come from in my writing and where I'm trying to go, and he knows exactly where to push me. Um, and yeah, there there were there's a few poems in there that I remember like being pushed quite a bit, and it really just made my writing kind of like in ways that I didn't really expect it to go and made the poems really strong. And yeah, I'm excited to like read them. But yeah. not yet because I don't like to read them. No, they're secret for now. Hey? <laughs> they're secret poems. Yeah. But yeah, that book was really, it's really, really fun to work with because I feel like the world I introduced in Stubble Burn or the world I kind of show with people, like what? Um, being a gay Asian man um, these days goes through or can go through. That world I showed in Stubble Burn, it's, it it is shown in mythical man, but even bigger in a sense. Like even I think even the title shows that there is more to that theme and those um, experiences than there is shown in Stubbleburn. So it's not all about like, like yeah, like the racism and the the um, yeah, kind of the the race racism and the alienation and loneliness felt in Stubbleburn is in Mythwin, but there is something else there. Yeah, I like to think of it as as Stubbleburn was. When I was writing Stubbleburn, I was, I mean, I, I like, I, I was in a different mind state back then, and I think the questions I was asking when I was writing Stubbleburn was like, why, why me, and like, what about me, um, like, why, you know, why, why are these things happening to me? Um, but now, when I was writing Mythical Man, like the the next poem is coming out, the questions I was kind of asking and thinking about was like, kind of like, well, what will I become next now? Like, what's going to happen to me? Mm-hmm. And yeah, I really kind of explore that. What an interesting. So okay, so you're almost like looking into the future a little bit in terms of these things. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, um, I refer back to when Kai Cheng Tom, she she reviewed the chapbook and she asked exactly that, and that's the question that was stuck with me. That she she really brought to light that like we're past. Um, I think we're past queer Asian writers asked. You know, what about me? Um, my book was really trying. Is really trying to ask like you know. What will I become now that that I've experienced all these and um, been put into the boxes that I have been and trying to break out of those boxes? What's next? You know, right? 
That totally makes sense, and so how, I hope so. <laughs> no, no, I'm I'm with you. Um, I I am wondering though, like, how does writing poetry that's going to address that question differ in terms of like just the process? How do you approach that compared to writing in the way that you have in the past? What do you mean? Like, we're talking about what do I become now, mm-hmm. as opposed to what am I at this moment? I think I'm gonna start by answering with talking aloud here that. Let's do it. It boils down to, like, storytelling for me. Um, I wanted to tell a different story Mythical Man than Estella Byrne. One that, yeah, like, looks forward and at the end of the day kind of, like, asks and ponders the question, like, how do our experiences shape us? And mm-hmm. we're, what, what we can actually know even better or even more um, specific is, like, how do the experiences we go through, how can we use those to shape us to become better people to become more confident in ourselves and yeah I don't know is that I don't know how is that is that is a good answer <laughs> that, that totally is it's getting towards the answer I'm looking for let me push you a little bit though um, because I, I do want to know like uh, let's go really basic question for you how do you write a poem how do I write a poem yeah I think about it a lot Okay. I spend more time thinking about a poem than I do writing it. I think every writer I've spoken to so far is uh, shares what I think you and I might share here, which is just like some sort of obsessive. Oh my god! Yes, pattern. right now it's like <laughs> not even thinking about it. For me, it's like images or words that I get obsessed with. Right now, it's like yeah. tardigrades on the moon. Oh, um, yeah, that's been away for a week and a half now interesting i wrote two lines this morning i'm very happy two lines hey, sometimes <laughs> that's huge but the po- like poems really how i start writing is like i really think about what i'm gonna write and it, that usually yeah comes from an image or a theme or a feeling mm-hmm. and if i really go there I, I can really build a world around it and make it really um like succinct and like how do I narrow down this feeling in a very short amount of space because to me I like to write shorter poems right um it's harder for me to write longer poems I have um but the, I think the longest poems are like stubble burn and like that's the longest I can do but so I, I, I like to too is, yeah. is cut up into sections yeah. so yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I don't it's hard for me to write prose like really long prose poems so I like to show people how like obsessed I can be <laughs> over like With, one thing in a short amount of space and lines and stuff like that. And I think that translates to, like, my experience, at least in rereading Stubbleburn this past week, uh, or I guess more specifically yesterday, but past week mm-hmm. as well, I've just been kind of thinking about it. Mm-hmm. Um, because I think that that obsessive thinking is what allows a lot of people, when they write poetry, to embed so much detail in such a short space. Oh, totally. Uh, like even just in that first poem like that we were talking about yeah. I think there's a lot there that you can read into and look at that's um, mm-hmm. that's buried in layers and that comes out of that obsessive like I'm returning to the same thought over and over and over again Yeah. Um, and all these little triggers are in that, that yeah. tiny space it's yeah. so cool I think that's why I it love is. poetry it's really so much. fun yeah I'm a we're very obsessive people. <laughs> <laughs> we totally are. Uh, speaking of obsession, uh, one of the things that I do is obsess over the structure of the episode. Ooh, that was a good segue. Uh, <laughs> uh, so now I'm going to bring out the question from our last episode's guest. Okay. Um, so they are wondering what you are most excited for next. What? Uh... This doesn't have to pertain to writing. <clears throat> I am excited for... 
You know, I, I'm gonna have to say it is for writing. Okay. I want to write different material. Okay. Than, and then, so that means like different themes than what I've been exploring because I am Stopover and Mythical Man. They're quite, they're different, but they're the same, ish. Um, one's just like a continuation of the other. So I want to push myself to write about different things, and and I'm trying to write prose. Okay. It's really really hard. Especially for an obsessive poet. Yes. I can never get, like, three sentences. For me, at least. I can't write three sentences that I'm happy with. And yes. <laughs> yeah. I'm excited to, yeah, push my writing more. And I'm starting another chapbook right now, so that's sort of exciting. That's so cool. Yeah. It's cool. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's cool. It's yeah. cool. <laughs> that's very exciting. Like, okay, so how are you finding prose so far? We've talked a lot <clears throat> on, on the podcast so far about the difference between prose and poetry. Mm-hmm. Um, how do you see them as different from each other or in some ways the I same? I think just prose, I have to sustain a feeling or an image for so much longer mm. than in a poem. For me, that's how I think of it at least. Like, it's, I get so tired. Like, I literally get tired writing prose because... I'm thinking too hard. <laughs> this is me. Like, yeah, I'm no, no, I think too I, hard. And I it's not just like that. thinking about like, oh, the symbolism of this. No, no, I don't think about like that stuff. It's just like I want to get the words right, the words, the accurate words to describe what I'm thinking hmm. and what I'm trying to describe. Like that's what it is for me. It's not thinking of symbolism or like layers or anything. It's just that I want to get what's in my head as clear as possible on paper. Um, I think poetry, it helps me in a way because I can be a bit more vague but specific at the same time if that sure. makes sense yeah like I can leave gaps for readers to fill in but they'll fill in the exact gaps that I want them to mm-hmm. um, but for prose I want to I want to spell everything out because that's how I want it to be presented yeah I think um, uh, I can totally understand that because reading your work I think I don't know if would you consider your poetry narrative poetry I think so I I was gonna say it, it kind of fits <clears throat> that label loosely and in mm-hmm. that um, like you're certainly telling stories in your in your poetry, and you've talked already about how you want your manuscripts to tell a story. Yeah. Um, and I think that like it it almost seems natural that you would um, gravitate almost towards doing some prose work. But, yeah. But again, it's so challenging when you're used to poetry to do that. From what I hear, mm-hmm. uh, it's not something I've ever tried. I'm terrified. Uh, I don't know. Any tips for getting over my fear of writing prose? Just do it. Just do Just it. Do it. <laughs> Just do it. Just jump in. Just, just jump in. It's yeah. It's like incredibly challenging because um, I said this a couple times before. But like when I first trained, um, first studied creative writing, I I entered through prose. Like oh really? Do so. I I you know took short story classes and writing fiction, and just by fluke I was in a poetry not by fluke but like choices that were enough to me. I had to be in a poetry class to finish yes. my degree. Yeah, <laughs> and I did it, and then just, since then. I'm just on the poetry train. Interesting. And I'm trying to get back to prose, and it's so hard hmm. to get back to prose. But you must approach it in, in new ways now, obviously. I feel like I'm approaching it as a poem. Like, I'm trying to write a paragraph for prose. I'm approaching really? it as a poem. I don't know what that means, but I feel like it it, it just feels familiar. It, the familiarity of writing, trying to start prose, it just feels like writing a poem. But I feel, probably that's just because I'm writing poetry for so long, so whenever I start writing anything yeah. that's creative, it's... It's a poem. It's a poem. That's so interesting. <laughs> uh, I don't want to sound like a broken record because I, I have said this before on the podcast and I quote it a lot because it's one of those things that has stuck with me since she said it. But Shazia, our mm. first guest, Shazia Hafiz Ramji, um, mentioned that in writing prose now, uh, as she's attempting to... Yeah, she's writing her book right now. She is, which is awesome. And I'm so excited <laughs> for it. Um, she has been writing poems and then translating them to prose. <gasps> Shazia, hit me up. How do you do that? Yeah, right? <laughs> this, is, this is what I'm saying. It's like, I don't understand how I, I somebody think that's, does that. But, well, actually... But also, it sounds like something that 
you I, might want to try. I think I'm actually sort of doing that, actually, now thinking about it. Um, there's a couple of poems in Mythical Man that are like, they're at the end of the book. Okay. And they're, they're very different from the other. So there's four parts in the book. The last part is, it's, I, I feel like it's very different from the first three parts. Because it's a diverge, it's it's a divergent divergent diver, it's it's an offshoot. There it is of <laughs> like the themes that you are familiar with reading with me. Okay, and those poems in the fourth part, I am drawing on those for prose pieces. Hmm. So there are characters that I've created, I think, in those poems that I'm trying to expand on more. In gotcha, prose. gotcha. I don't know if it's working. I don't know, Shazi, is that what you're doing? <laughs> <laughs> but that's interesting, translating poems into prose. Like, how do you... It's so fascinating What does that even look me? like? Yeah, that's... I have so many questions that if I had Shazia mm-hmm. in, a, in a sound booth again, I would ask her. Um, because I... It's fascinating. And as I say, I've brought it up on the podcast before because this really sticks with me as mm-hmm. an idea. Um, just because I don't know how one does that, but I also don't know how else I would approach writing prose. I don't know. After hearing that, I have no idea. Um, but you seem to be like you're having some success writing prose so far. No, no. <laughs> so no. three sentences, and that was, it's on my desktop. But it's somewhere. but it's like you said earlier, like you got two lines out this morning for a poem. Yeah, it's step by step. It's step by step. It's a slow process I, for me. Yeah, it's a slow process because I really want to write something that's different than um, than what Stubbleburn was. Mm-hmm. Like. I'm really, like I said, indulging my imagination and where that can yeah. take, take me. <laughs> are we? Are you getting like a lot of uh, inspiration from your? Are you reading a lot of stuff right now, or, or um, finding I'm other reading, that are inspiring you? I'm reading prose. What did I just read? What did I just read? Oh, I read the last Neanderthal. Okay, by Clara Cameron. Yeah, it was all right. It was it was all it was right. right. Stunning yeah. review. My review was very in line with other reviews I read on that book. So. Okay, gotcha. <laughs> um, I read. It's fun. I read prose mm-hmm. to inspire me to write poems, <laughs> but I read poetry for um, like mechanical, stylistic things. Interesting. I, th- I find that. I think that's more accurate of what I do. So I read prose to kind of like get my imagination going mm-hmm. and what I can do and the things that I can build. But poetry, I need to go back to to see or to, yeah, to draw inspiration from how to build a poem, I think. Interesting. And sometimes ignore it and do my own thing. <laughs> yeah, that's so cool. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> I am cognizant of time and uh, we ought to get another reading out of you. Okay. Where we are right now. Um, he's reached um, for the book, so we're ready to go. What do you want me to read, Andrew? Um, let me look at my copy. We'll just both flip through here. Okay. Um, can we do one with a grinder epigraph? Okay. How about message received? Um, sure. Where's that one? Page three there. Oh, this one. Yes. Okay. So the grinder epigraph, um, true story, <laughs> uh, reads, you're cute, but I'm not into Asians. Sorry, just a preference. Change your photo. Let the fish on your arm play peekaboo because a bit of color entices. Congratulations. 20 torsos unlock in your area. Five, no Asians, please. Four variations on I'm not a racist, I just have preferences. Six suspected bots 
which prove to be human on your friend's phone. Your total number of failed conversations through apps reveals how quiet the world can be to you. Or to that closeted Asian boy, daydreaming into the night for rooftop parties with endless daiquiris when he finally has enough courage to come out. He sits on the bus on his phone, typing his fourth, hey, what's up, after deleting eight other messages that received no responses. How does he voice himself in this sea of gay men where so many of us drown under our skin, the ink that covers it? That last line is so good. Thanks. I like that. That was with help from me. That was help from Jim. He helped me edit that line. It's so good. Thanks. Oh, I love that it comes back around to to the fish and the tattoos. Mm-hmm. And, oh, it's so good. I it's funny that it's a, that you made me read that poem because that poem I've been trying to write kind of like a follow up poem. Oh, really? Having to do with tattoos. That's cool. Um, because I've you just got a new tattoo? T- I did. Didn't you? Yeah, I saw a tweet. My yeah, dra- my the, dragon. The dragon. It's yeah. six. Um, so I've been uh, obsessing with tattoos. Clearly, yeah. Because I just got like three or two or three this oh my year. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, so I've been trying to write a poem about tattoos mm-hmm. um, and I've been using that poem, the last two lines of that, to kind of continue on another poem. I liked, this is actually how I my exercise on how to write prose. I, I write kind of sequel poems okay. to poems that I'm writing. So um, yeah, so that poem has like a sequel, I guess. <laughs> so message it's nothing to do with like online dating or messages received on apps and stuff like that it's just having to do those two lines saying like the ink that covers our skin mm-hmm. um, so I continue on to do a tattoo poem um, which is kind of in the works right now so that's I think that's my kind of way of trying to write prose but staying in poetry that's so cool though. to kind of write these follow up poems so like I have a new poem coming out on Planetude which I finally got into I'm so happy nice it's called Wilder Spell. It's it's kind of coming out in reverse because Wilder Spell on Planetude, it would be a sequel poem to one that's in Mythical Man called Wild Spell. Gotcha. Yeah. I'm working just ahead of you guys because the book's not out yet, but that's I'm already so cool. writing like yeah. poems that connected to the ones that are due to be out. That's you know? so, so cool. That's how I'm trying to build up my prose, I think. Hmm. Yeah. That's so cool. I want to read the tattoo sequel. I'm excited about it. Oh, it's not, no, it's not done yet. <laughs> I know it's not done yet, but come on. Yeah. I, I'm excited about it. I'm allowed to be excited for things that aren't complete yet. <laughs> yeah. um, one of the fun things that, uh, well, I think it's fun. One of the things I do on the podcast is bring people books. <gasps> so I have a gift for you. This is so cool. I'm so uh, excited. Okay, yeah. this one um, I was actually given, and uh, it was a donation to give to somebody on the podcast. So this mm-hmm. is the first one I haven't bought at a little store uh, in the dollar bin. This is uh, the Sacred Heart Kenosian School AM what? Poetry Book 2. David, these are book... It's, it's a book of poems by children. This. Oh, kids wrote these? And and I Googled this school earlier. Cynthia, oh, look at her. It's adorable. I Googled this school earlier. It's in Hong Kong. What? Yeah. Oh, this is so cute. And it's all... Like, they look typewritten. They, so I yeah. feel like it's old. And it's adorable. Well, this is so cute. I'm, I I have not been this excited for you a guys book gift can't in a long see, time. but it's like a time. It's like it looks like a handmade booklet with like cart um, construction paper as the cover. But <laughs> the, the student is. put like um like translucent packing tape over <laughs> the really cover is. to make it look laminated. Yeah, <laughs> it's it's so good. 
Ooh, so I have to read a poem from this? Yeah, you just read a poem for us. Okay. Oh my gosh, they're so. Huh. They're all really cute. I don't know cute. which one to read. Uh, that dear little goat. I'm gonna read. <laughs> I'm gonna read. Oh, oh, it's like a collection. Okay. Yeah, they're all by different students. I thought it was by one person. Okay. That's what I thought too, but then I, I look through and I think they have like. Well, I'm gonna read a Lillian Moore's poem because it's called Until I Saw the Sea. I'm like obsessed with like the sea and sea creatures. If you don't know, you have <laughs> right? to be when when you live in Vancouver. Not even just that; it's something else. <laughs> Until I saw the sea by Lillian Moore. Until I saw the sea, I did not know that wind could wrinkle water so. I never knew that sun could splinter a whole sea of blue. Nor did I know before. A sea breathes in and out upon a shore. Oh, I love the rhyming. It was so cute. Rhyming's so fun. My heart melted. I don't do it enough. Oh, my goodness. That's cute. Yeah, it's adorable. Sa- Sacred Heart Kenosian School. It wears, so you said the school, school's in Hong Kong. If, if it's the same one that's still standing, then this is in Hong Kong. Oh. And, like, I don't know how it... You should reach out to them. God, here. <laughs> I should. Get them on the podcast, these kids. That's right. Oh, my God. That would actually be really funny. That's so cute. It's yours. It's mine? It's, it's oh, my gift. gosh. It's yeah. so cute. That's why I go to Dollar Bins. I'm just giving these books away. So, oh, I love yeah. this. I think this one was like Thanks. 50 cents. Um, but, yeah. So, gift. Thank Yay. you for coming on. Um, but, yeah. So, um, what a fun little poem. That was great. I've never thought That's of waves as wrinkles on the water. That's cool. I never thought about that either. But they technically, they are wrinkles. So good. <laughs> I found she used nor in her poem. Oh, I love a good nor. Love a good nor. <laughs> <laughs> like a little splash of old timey language in poetry every now and then. I think nor counts as old timey language sometimes because <laughs> it's really rare. Like I have not. When in seen... poetry it is. In poetry yeah, it is. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Oh my goodness. So good. <laughs> That's cute. So good. Um, so Isabella Wang asked you our question earlier of what uh, you were most excited for coming up. Yeah. I need a question for you for the next episode's guest. Um, and I don't know who they are. You have no idea. What, what's the question going to be? It, of course Isabella would ask that. She's always excited about something. I know. I thought it was very fitting. I'm, but it doesn't have to be a question about books. I know. Yeah. I know. I'm thinking. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I was thinking about this on the train right here, and I could not think of anything. Um... Other than, and this is probably just in indicating of what I'm thinking about. It's like I just want to know what your favorite donut is. Oh shoot! <laughs> so for those listening, it is currently twelve oh three p.m., which is <laughs> right about donut time, if you ask me. I like woke up at nine, friggin' <laughs> good Boston cream. Donut. Oh, that's a good one. I love a Boston or, cream or a Canadian maple. I was just gonna say that's the only yeah. one that I would pick over a Boston cream. I think Ooh, is a Canadian maple. I love that we both have this brand allegiance to Tim Hortons, too. <laughs> Sponsor me, Tim Hortons. Oh, my gosh. If I could have a sponsorship from one company, it just might be Tim Hortons. Mine would be Mine would be 7-Eleven. Did you see my Twitter feed recently? No. What Where 7-Eleven gave me a little shout-out. Is that right? Yeah. I've peaked. This <laughs> you is it. really have? I walked into 7-Eleven. Okay. This is a story. I walked into 7-Eleven and got those, like, squishy strawberry marshmallows. Oh, those which, are good. Oh, my God. Like, throw back to, like, my childhood. Yeah. And I, and I just love them. I tweeted that I got them, but I didn't even tag 7-Eleven. And they, like, responded and said they had my back. 
Oh, what do you they had so, your back. I don't know. Are people are people coming at you for your your candy choice? No, they just like they got me they they got me covered when I want that like nostalgic candy. Oh, I got this, you. Oh, yeah, they got yeah, me. Yeah. I was so happy. I see. I so, love the idea of somebody working at Seven Eleven, scouring Twitter for non. It was amazing. Posts. Yeah, and it was like at ten o'clock at night or something because it was someone like, "What are you doing on social media at work? Go yeah, to bed at ten. <laughs> oh, but it was it was amazing. That's so. so good. I'm just so. They saw that tweet without tagging, so if 7-Eleven, if you're listening, I would really love for you to sponsor my book Friends tour. Friends of the pod, 7-Eleven. Sponsor my book tour, <laughs> and with every purchase of my book, we're going to give away little bags of strawberry marshmallows. Oh, that would be so good. Um, Is that the candy you would give with your book? Yeah. I think that's pretty fitting. I like that. Why, would, <laughs> why is it fitting? I don't know. Okay, I think, because we talked about how your writing is sexy, I think chocolate strawberries. I think I don't like chocolate-covered fruit. Well, you like the candy version without No, chocolate? it's like the marshmallows. It's different, Andrew. It, okay, all right. <laughs> squishy strawberry marshmallows and have like a banana version. I was going to say the banana version. not as good. It's not as good, Tastes but like it's styrofoam. pretty good. It has a consistency oh, of styrofoam. Okay, so. Dave's not a fan. <laughs> <laughs> so it's the strawberries. Those yeah. are good, though. Yeah. I have a question for the next reader. Yeah. Wait, I'll they, ask are they, both. Are they going to have a book? Uh, they should have a book, yeah. If you were to choose one candy... To represent your book, oh. any of your books, if you've written more, like yeah. you pick one book, if you've written more, what candy would it be? That's such a good question. Thank you. Uh, Thank you. Usually, I do this thing where I turn the question around on you, but we've just answered it already. Um. Well, I'm gonna I'm gonna retract that answer. Oh. I think Stubbleburn's candy would be. I don't like them, but it's gonna be Pop Rocks. Okay. Yeah. It, please explain. I don't know. It's the, the sensation of pop rocks. You just, you just feel, yeah, 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 yeah. I could, I could see it. Yeah, yeah. Pop rocks because they're kind of like, for me at least, it's like, do I like this? Do I don't? Yeah. I'm just, I'm just keep Is that how you it. feel about your chapbook? <laughs> do I like it or not? That's how I feel about all my writing. Oh my goodness. <laughs> do I like, like this? Do I like this? Do I not? Oh, I guess people are like it. Okay. I think everybody has a complicated relationship like that with yeah the stuff they write. I don't have a candy yet for Mythical Man. He's cute. That book needs to. I need to see it first. Mm, I, I feel yeah. that. Yeah. Have you speaking of feeling things? Have you actually held a, no. a copy yet? No. It's no. So it's, not, it's not even made. It's not made yet. It's gotcha. It's just existing. Right. In a binder at home. <laughs> I printed all gotcha. the books. If you were to assign a candy to the binder, what candy uh, would it be? Uh, Mythical man's candy. What would his be? Oh my god. I like that it's a him. It's a him, obviously. Yeah. And he's gonna be born in April, so I think it's gonna be an Aries. I don't. I have a complicated relationship with Aries's. Aries's. I don't know the candy of Mythical Man. You can have to have me back again. I I intend to for sure when that book comes out. I'm excited about it. That would be so much fun. I'm excited to hear what the person next will of me on on this podcast was gonna ask. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's gonna be fun. What's your candy? What's your candy? I actually still don't know who it's gonna be. Like I have a couple people lined up, but we're just working dates out. So I'm excited to see, depending on who it is, what it's Mm -hmm. gonna be. Mm -hmm. That's so much fun. Um, David, thank you so much thank for, you for having me and chatting with me. Um, before we part ways mm-hmm. and go back to our worlds outside of my this, couch, yeah, pretty much me too. <laughs> um, would you mind doing one more reading for okay. us? I will. Amazing. Mm-hmm. It's so fun. This book's been out for so long, so it's these poems are like not old for me. They just I've written it for so I've bit of a throwback. So yeah, bit of a throwback. <laughs> Um, I 
don't know how to read this poem. I, I would love you to read that poem. Because <laughs> and, and I and to see the challenge. Okay. I think it would be fun. I've, I think I tried reading this poem one time and I was like, mm, I don't know how to do it, so I'm not gonna ever read it. It's called I wanna try it now. Nice. It's called Post. Um so post. Snap. Nothing is real unless we are gorgeous, hair quaffed, effortlessly flexing. Document this for our one million followers. My boyfriend and I casually strolling the pier. He hates the smell of the ocean. I ignore the sting of another's cologne on his neck as I lick ice cream from his lips. The lighting is good to us tonight. Make sure to catch a smile, catch his smile now. Not the one he cracked while coming on that guy from Grinder 12 hours ago. Make me look better than him. Edit the regret from my, the regret from my eyes. Filter. He favorites the highs another man's kisses gave him. Scrolls past what I offer. Drown the glow ignited by this other man's lips. But not so much that we look like a daguerreotype of when we didn't keep secrets. Make us appear put together. Ideal. A jealousy-invoking adjective. Saturate the nastiness vibrating off us. Soften the bags my eyes gathered from waiting up all night for him to come home. Focus on the Versace logo on my sleeve. The frame of his Ray-Bans. Erase any evidence that we aren't the type of guys to be each other's type. Share. Hashtag Bay and I soaking in the last bit of sunshine before it leaves us for good. Like, 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 like. And it keeps going and going. There's a giant square of likes on this poem. I don't know how to read it. It's so great. Oh, my goodness. I was hoping you'd just read every single one and, like, count. I never even counted how many likes there are. Now's the time. Let's, let's, yes. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. What's seven times eighteen? I I don't know. That's a, that's how many likes there are on this page. Oh my god, seventy hundred and twenty-six. That's a lot of likes on a post on Instagram. I think I don't think I've ever hit one hundred and twenty-six. No, that's the world I'm living in. <laughs> <laughs> and there's nothing wrong with that. Anymore. No, hey, but now nobody can see. So uh, <laughs> my next Instagram post that one hit one hundred twenty-six. <laughs> Love it. Uh, David, thank you so much for coming in. Thanks. We're going to call it there. That's the episode. Thanks. Uh, so we'll throw it back to me doing a little sign off. Bye. So there you have it. That is my interview with David Lee for this episode. It was so much fun to chat with David at the VPL. If you are unfamiliar with his work before this episode, hopefully you're a little more familiar now. But if not, then there's a lot to look forward to because he's got a book coming out in 2020. Mythical Man is the title and it's going to be an absolute banger. I'm looking forward to it. It's going to be fun. Uh, We'll have to have him back on the podcast, of course, before that comes out. just so we can remind everybody that this is a book that you need to read. Uh, That is all for this episode, but just before we take off, guys, if you're enjoying the show, then 
why don't we make this official? You can subscribe to this on Apple Podcasts or whatever podcast app you use. Uh, You can also leave us a rating wherever you rate your podcasts and listen to them um, because that's important. It means that other people who aren't canlit geeks right now can become writing geeks and listen to this episode and all of the others, and that's super important. So I just hope that we can get some ratings up there. It'd be really cool. Um, again, thanks so much for listening. This next guest is going to be a blast as well. I've already done the interview, and I am looking forward to our decade episode number 10. It's going to be a blast, so make sure to tune in for the next episode. My name is Andrew French. I write under A.W. French. I'm on Twitter at the Andrew French, and this has been Page Fright.